Hey St. John, welcome to the Post-Sermon Podcast. I am Deaconess Dahlia and with me today is Pastor Adam. Hey Deaconess. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm loving all the sunshine outside. Deaconess, did you know, that that is nice, did you know (laughs) that the crown of the wise is their wealth, but the folly of fools brings folly? I did not know that. Okay. Impress me with more wisdom. It's from Proverbs 14. All right. Well, this gets us into today's episode. Please tell us about the text that you preached on from Proverbs. Oh, I preached on a different proverb from Proverbs chapter 25. You did. Yeah. So the reading was uh, Proverbs 25, 6 to 14. And I looked especially at verse 11, which is a word fitly spoken. It's like apples of gold in a setting of silver. And there are lots of Proverbs in this particular passage. Why did you choose verse 11? Honestly, I had it narrowed down to two of the verses and Deaconess, I just asked you which one yeah. you preach on. That was it, yeah. And I chose that one I don't because you, I liked how just, it sounded. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I don't know if I really had a profound reason behind it. Um, but it really, it's interesting. It's not something you would really hear nowadays, right? Someone saying something like a word fitly spoken, nor comparing it to an apples, to apples of gold in a setting of silver, like... What in the world does that mean? Yeah, I don't know if I ever said the word fitly before this sermon. Now I've said it like 45 times. Exactly. Yeah. How many times did you repeat that phrase in your sermon? Like 15? I don't know, but I was nervous each time to say it correctly (laughs) because everyone would notice that. Well, tell us, what was your central teaching in the sermon? Uh, The central teaching is that King Jesus speaks a word fitly spoken. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. So what does it mean? to be fitly spoken. All right. So this is part of the fun. And this is why I asked you during the week. So which proverb should I preach on? And just what do we do with the book of Proverbs in general? Uh, The book is, has some longer discussions on a topic of wisdom or advice, but they're also just these kind of one-liners, you know, like uh, do not eat the bread of a man who is stingy. Do not desire his delicacies. He is like one who is inwardly calculating. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. What do you do with these things? And all these Proverbs, we could say this is the word of the Lord, and especially these one-liners, they can stand on their own. And yet these one-liners, even in this reading, are all nestled together about instruction for rulers and kings. And that's one of the challenges of writing a sermon from the book of Proverbs is, what just do you do with a proverb? What's your experience in hearing sermons on Proverbs, Deaconess? To be honest, I cannot think of a sermon I've heard that has that that was on a proverb. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I just I can't recall any time. You don't ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure, Deaconess. I don't know what I'm supposed to say to that. All right. So when it comes to preaching on the proverbs, or honestly on any piece of the wisdom books like Ecclesiastes or Song of Songs and so on, Job. Or just you get other one-line proverbs even in the rest of the scriptures. You know, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one or despise the other. You can't love both God and money. You know, as an example, from the Sermon on the Mount, proverbs are these little bits of wisdom. And what is wisdom? It's, it's what's true. And who is the source of wisdom? Well, it's God himself. I think of the Advent hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And is it the second stanza begins, O wisdom? Yeah. Yeah. And even Jesus in Matthew 11 refers to himself, you know, referentially that wisdom is justified by her actions. And so when we read 
the wisdom parts of Scripture. Christ is the source of all wisdom. From him proceed all things. And wisdom is not just about knowing stuff. It's not like Google and here's all my answers or, or facts or I got my periodic table of elements all figured out. But wisdom is also living rightly according to God's ways. And it's also how do you apply these uh, pieces of wisdom to the right situation and when not to. You know, there are there are places where the bit of wisdom is true and not true or applicable or not applicable. And that's part of the task of preaching uh, the Proverbs. I, I think of um, uh, when, when you preach on a proverb, that's actually part of what the sermon should do is to see where the proverb is true, where it applies, and where it doesn't apply. And so that's why I was even kind of talking of, you know, the word fitly spoken and just spoke of how, okay, these are well-spoken words, but they're also spoken at the right time. And we think of, you know, uh, how actors in their acting or a lawyer in a closing argument or in your, you're in a close conversation with someone and they actually give a right comment at a good time. But we can also think of times when we don't speak words fitly spoken, either the wrong words or at the wrong time. Um, I even had a conversation with someone after the sermon about, you know, I know the words to fitly speak, but I didn't speak them. Right, and just kind of the withholding of the words or we think of when we're looking in the mirror and we may, you know, rehearse saying certain things, but we never really do. Right. Um, there are times where the proverb is true and not true, and that's just part of acknowledging the the wisdom of it. And we do get echoes of a word fitly spoken in other parts of scripture. I just think of where it says that we're to speak the truth and love, right? So I mean there's I'm sure we've all across come across people and probably ourselves included when we speak words of truth, but it's so that we can be shown that we're right or we can say it in a really upsetting way to the other person. Right. Um, but that's not how we're sp- to speak words of truth to people. Right. So to speak them in love and in gentleness towards them. Right. Yeah. And that's part of taking this word of God and it's supposed to affect you and you ruminate on it and you, um, have to plumb the depths of what it means. And there are ways where this works and where it doesn't work. And that's part of living in the way of wisdom. And I think this kind of goes with it. We had a here submitted question that is, are all Christ's words fitly spoken? Like, what do you think? I don't know. I mean, I would say yes, right? Why would you say yes? Well, our Lord is without sin. So he's not saying words that, hurts someone i mean he does speak words of law which can definitely tear down someone in but with the way to lead them into you know repentance i don't know yeah i guess i don't know (laughs) i think so i mean i mean we can say words that are not fitly spoken or not well timed but it doesn't mean they're necessarily sinful words to say i guess yeah i don't know yeah and but that's that's why we kind of were going around on this is I think that's kind of the point that yes, Jesus is wisdom himself. And so we could say, sure, all of his words are fitly spoken, the right time, all that. But he says things that don't come across as fitly spoken or they don't make sense or they're even kind of offensive to our ears. But I mean, can't there be words that are fitly spoken that are offensive to our ears? Sure. Yeah. And this is, this is, (laughs) again, this is the, the joy of wrestling with a proverb is. Yeah. Well, and this kind of goes with the follow-up question that this person had 
is um, are there other human words that are fitly spoken other than I'm sorry, I forgive you, I love you? And I'm kind of leaning towards definitely there are. Just like there's way the, more than one way to say I love you to someone. Um, I think there's a, a lot of wisdom and helpful things that we can say that would fall under that category of fitly spoken. Kind of what you're saying about like living living according to God's word, like helping other Christians live that life. Like I think it's going to include more than just those three phrases. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's, there's a difference between speaking uh, truthfully and speaking truth. I think I've shared this example before on a podcast that uh, uh, one time a mentor of mine, uh, his mother died and he was letting me know about that and, and reaching out and, and it was over text, and I just kind of said, well, you know, well, Christ has risen. True statement, right, Deaconess? Yes. And yet he replied, but it still hurts. Right, so maybe not the best timed For sure, word. not the best time, but like speaking true, but part of speaking truthfully is the fuller conversation, the fuller application of the realities of God into our lives, and there's a process about that. And I think the Proverbs in general um, invite us into what is that process, what is that way look like to be in the way of the Lord as his word guides us in, in all truth and speaking truthfully to one another. Okay. I have another question for you. Yeah, go ahead. What was the problem that your sermon sought to identify? The problem the sermon sought to identify was to highlight when the world acts in ways that are so contrary to this proverb and to God's truth. You know, there, there are words not fitly spoken in a way that are destructive and harmful. Uh, I invoke some of the language of presidents. We think of Pontius Pilate and his his failures there. The word of God is certainly true no matter what, because we have Christ who is wisdom in the flesh. And so the the sermon, I guess, was trying to embody, you know, when when the proverb is not true or when the proverb reminds us of of pain and mismanagement and poor leadership and and just the the tyranny of violence and whatnot. Uh, our king comes in and he's going to rule rightly. I mean, the proverb itself is dealing with rulers and kings and how they should be. And by nature of Solomon giving instruction about these things is implying there are not good rulers and kings and all that too. And we need someone who's going to rule with complete justice and uprightness. And he's the one risen from the dead. I really like the part in your sermon um, when you started to get into the gospel and you began describing Pontius Pilate, right, he's having to make a decision about what to do with Jesus. Um, and hang on, I'm losing my train of thought. Well, while you're gaining your train of thought, how about this? Unequal weights are an abomination to the Lord and false scales are not good. Right. Thank you for that. That wisdom. Okay. So yeah, you're describing this Jesus and, and Pontius Pilate. And, and you did use that title, King Jesus, right? That it very much didn't seem like he was a king when he was being mocked um, and when he was on that cross. Uh, but he was. And then when he rose from the dead and he used those words fitly spoken, do not be afraid to the women at the tomb. What, what a contrast with what we see with King Jesus and in, in what he did for us on the cross um, and what he said after he rose from the dead compared to what we see with 
kings and rulers and presidents today, right? Yeah, no matter how, how great of communicators they are, there is no king that's going to speak quite like Jesus will. And right. in his words, like, do not be afraid. They are absolutely uh, golden apples for our ears. Which are earrings, right? That's what you told us yeah, and that this they is, were. And this is part of the challenge. Yeah, so we're, we're bouncing around, but that's kind of how a proverbial sermon goes is it bounces around that, okay, this is literally what the proverb is saying. Okay, so that's the literal meaning, but what's, what's the meaning behind the meaning? What is the, the truth that's unlocking for us? That's what the sermon does is it kind of wades through all of that. Okay, literally this, but there's this deeper meaning. And I think the other thing, Deaconess, that we haven't gotten to is we still have to find Christ in these Proverbs, even the one-liners. And that is absolutely a challenge. And that's why I asked you, uh, so which one should I preach on? Because one was going to be more than enough uh, for a sermon. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. It definitely is challenging. Um, yeah, I'm sure there are passages in Scripture, especially if you're preaching on one of the Gospels, where, where there's Jesus, or, you know, in the two, New Testament where he's mentioned, like, you get to some of these passages in the Old Testament, and we have to remember that the that the New Testament sheds light on what the Old Testament means. And, and there's definitely Christ in all of these words in the Old Testament, in this proverb. It's just a matter of figuring out what that is. Yeah, and this is just part of the joy of studying the scriptures and the context of the church. But the reason why we have to treat the Proverbs this way is this is what Jesus has us do. These are the scriptures that testify about me. And so one of the delights of the Proverbs is to delight in the wisdom they teach how it applies, how it doesn't, you know, living wisely and truthfully, but also where is Jesus even here? And so even just an example of thinking through, how do I get to the gospel in this proverb? A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. And this idea of the well-spoken word and the well-timed word, uh, just in the sermon itself, I don't have a quotation from Jesus until the do not be afraid. You know, his encounter with Pilate, there's things he says. He, he says on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But I just intentionally waited until I wanted to highlight these words. And here's where our king is speaking fitly to us and how those words do not be afraid. On the other side of the cross, on the other side of the tomb, what a delight to the ears they are. And so that's, that was kind of part of the fun of uh, how do I get to Jesus in, in this proverb uh, also, the kingly themes and whatnot. I, I thought him, you know, squaring off against Pilate, who is, you know, the the emissary of Caesar, you know, kind of the embodiment of the Roman emperor, you know, in Judea. And you see King Jesus going against that ruler. Is this the first time you preached on one? Uh, no, uh, at least doing a, a sermon like this. I think I remember doing one on Ezekiel uh, a few years ago that did this sort of structure, but it's not one that comes up too often just because it kind of depends when the readings have Proverbs. The lectionaries are interesting in what they do or don't. The one year, I think Proverbs comes up like three or four times throughout the year, which is pretty fun. That we actually get to deal with this book. Oh, and Deaconess, Does don't forget, don't forget, uh, love not sleep, lest you come to poverty, open your eyes, and you have plenty of bread. Love not sleep. Oh my. Anyways, you <laughs> distracted me. I forgot what my question was for you. Oh, the three-year lectionary. Are there a lot of Proverbs readings in the three-year lectionary? I think just a handful. I think Proverbs 8 for sure comes up uh, because that one especially is a really key chapter when we think about Jesus being the eternally begotten Son of God. Um, it, it was a, Proverbs 8 is a really key uh, chapter, especially in the early uh, Christological debates in the church. 
Is there anything else you want me to ask you about this? Well, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Truth. Truth. Uh, truthfully. Anyways. <laughs> this wraps up the episode for today. Thank you for listening to our discussion. In case you missed today's sermon or you'd like to listen to it again, the link to the sermons in the show notes. You can also find it on our church website, stjohndublin.org. If you, the listener, would like to submit a question about a sermon, please email us at podcast at stjohndublin.org. Thank you, Pastor, for joining me and for feeding us the word this week. And I can see you have another proverb for me. Go for it. What is desired in a man is steadfast love, and a poor man is better than a liar. The fear of the Lord leads to life, and whoever has its rests and whoever has it rests satisfied. He will not be visited by harm. Have a good week, you guys. Take care. I think one last thing, <laughs> Deaconess, is uh, to encourage our listeners. So I, I planned all along just to read random proverbs. I've been flipping back and forth throughout to, to your great joy as host. And, you know, as you have to try to steer it's this podcast. It's been really hard to know how to respond to them. Yeah, you had to steer this podcast ship. I'm so sorry. I, I'm sure the listeners will commiserate with you in their prayers. And please, one encouragement I have for the listeners as well is take up this practice of, you know, opening up the Proverbs or where scripture speaks words of wisdom and proverbially. And where do these things, where are they true? Where do they not apply? What's the, what's the extent of the proverb? How far reaching is its direction in our lives? But also, how can I see Jesus here? And that would just be a good practice, not for the Proverbs, but just all of scripture no matter where we are where is christ in the page for me so anyways thanks guys i think that's a great note to end on thank you pastor thanks deaconess all right take care you guys bye